0: You're listening to a podcast from 7 um, is a Wednesday, which means it's a masterclass, and this hour we're going to be focusing on anything and everything pertaining to adoption in South Africa, from um, what you should do if you have made the decision uh, to adopt a child, the costs associated with it, the uh, forms that you have to complete, um, and of course um, checks and balances that are in place to make sure that uh, one the parent uh, that is adopting uh, the child is a parent that will obviously take care uh, of the child. Um, We'll be asking all those questions of Sue Kravitz, who's the Director of the Mbilo Child Protection and Adoption Services, and we welcome your calls on 011-883-0702. You can send us messages or voice notes if you choose to on 072-702-1702, especially if you are in the process of um, adopting a child. If you are a mother who's carrying a child, who's thinking of giving your child for adoption. Any scenario you find yourself in, uh, Sue Kravitz will be able to uh, respond to your questions. Sue will be joining us for the whole hour, uh, as with all masterclasses, to answer all of your questions. Oh one one eight eight three oh seven zero two. It's eight minutes past two. Seven zero two
1: masterclass.
0: Uh, Sue, it's lovely to have you this Wednesday afternoon. Good afternoon.
1: Good afternoon. Thank you. It's lovely to be with you.
0: Adoptions, by their very nature, are highly emotive processes. I imagine both from the mother who is giving up the child for adoption, but also the prospective parents who sometimes have been trying for years and years, are just not in a position uh, to naturally have a child and to, to be able to then exercise that urge, that need to love a child in adopting a child is something that people look forward to.
1: Absolutely. Um, You know, I think since we've been talking about adoption since time immemorial, it's always evoked very strong emotions and that's because you know, you're changing the future of a child. You're taking a child from one situation and you are putting a child into a different situation, uh, not only physically, emotionally, psychologically, but legally as well. And um, we, you know, we talk about the three parties to an adoption. Uh, it's it's difficult for the mother and sometimes the father whose child is going to be placed in adoption. It, it has issues for the child itself, or he or herself, and then of course for the adoptive parents. So they each come with their own emotional issues and then we put all of this together.
0: I imagine that South Africa quite rightly has very, very clearly defined um, legislative processes, number one, that needs to be undertaken, but also hopefully uh, guidelines and approaches to make sure that the interests of all those three parties you've detailed are are addressed.
1: Yeah, and protected as well. You have to protect everybody's interests. So the legislation that we have is uh, the Children's Act, which is a very good piece of legislation. Um, it's currently looking at some amendments, but uh, it's it's in principle very very thorough and 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 puts in place very good um, uh, 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 guidelines and and rules for an adoption. The Department of Social Development also has developed guidelines for us. Um, uh, to, to, to use and to be able to assist in providing good, good services to all three parties. So one of the first thing that's really important is that in order to provide any kind of adoption service, you have to be accredited by the department. Um, so there's a process of organisations being accredited. And then, of course, we have private practitioners who have to also be accredited and registered with our professional body with a specialisation in adoption. Uh, Recently, the Department of Social Development are now also providing adoption services, and they can't be accredited because they can't accredit themselves, but they do also have to register with our council to provide uh, these services. So there are lots of checks and balances in the process of who can do it, which then translates into uh, hopefully a high level of, of, of service. And as I've said, to protect and look after the interests of all three parties.
0: In a moment, Sue, I'm going to be asking you uh, to spell out in as much detail as you choose what is the process I will then undertake should I make the decision that I want to adopt a child, uh, what paperwork must be con- uh, completed, uh, what screening happens and therefore needs to be satisfied, what the cost of all of this is, um, and uh, let me invite some calls on 011-883-0702. Are you in the process of adopting a child? Uh, do you have some questions that that uh, you want to pose to our guest, Sue Kravitz, who is the Director of Mbilo Child Protection and Adoption Services. Um, Do you want to share, perhaps, what your process has been and, of course, what a difference having a child in your household has now made? We'll take all of those. Um, You can also send us some messages and voice notes to 072-702-1702. We continue our conversation with Sue Kravitz after this.
1: Aubrey Sango Weekday evenings
0: 8 to midnight Talita Conversation about vaccine Or no vaccine Has become highly politicized How do the laws
2: That govern the workplace Get interpreted In this context I'm talking here about The Employment Equity Act For example
3: The Employment Equity Act Says you may not Discriminate unfairly Against someone On the basis of religion Or belief even The employer actually Has a duty To reasonably accommodate Those beliefs Talita
2: Lo she is partner at Bowman's Attorneys.
3: Aubrey Massango. 8 to midnight on
2: 702.
0: 702. It's surprising that some insurers actually do mean what they say. Like at Outsurance, they promise to do their best to try and save you money on your car insurance. So much so that if they can't beat your current premium, you can ask for 500 Rand. They'll even triple it to 1,500 Rand if you've been claim-free and with the same insurer for three years now. Give them a try. SMS out to 38350. Outsurance is a licensed insurer and FSP. T's and C's apply i've been around since the beginning of time running and sitting still holding life when i run at full speed i'm faster than a cheetah. only solid walls can
2: hold me back
0: 702
1: masterclass
0: uh, quarter past two, it is this Wednesday afternoon. Sue Kravitz from Imbilo Child Protection and Adoption Services is uh, giving us a, master, a masterclass on adoption in South Africa. Caroline in Benoni will come to your call shortly. We'll take more of yours on 011 So, Sue, imagine Africa Melania wants to adopt a child. What is the process that I need to follow?
1: Okay, so the first thing you need to do is you need to find a Service provider who is accredited um, to provide you with that service. Um, it's very important to make sure that you you deal with somebody who has the accreditation. Otherwise, uh, they're not going to be able to take you very far in the process. Um, there is always, um, you know, we have certificates and registration, so one must ask for those. Documents. Now, once you've done an initial sort of outreach to the organisation, they will give you an overview of the kind of service that they can offer. Their specific uh, 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 criteria. And when I say criteria, it's not to say, you know, um, the, the the Act doesn't actually specify other than you have to be over the age of eighteen. Because we have things like grandparent adoptions and, and that sort of thing. But um, most organisations do have a minimum age of around 23, 24. Um, and also a maximum age, unless it's a relative, in terms of about 45 years. Because, you know, an adopted child does have specific issues to deal with. And to grow up with much older parents can sometimes create additional problems. So we try and fit in with that framework. But, of course, if you come and say, I want to adopt a five-year-old and you're 49 years old, well, then we would look at that. So you would then need to see if you fit with that organisation. And I I say that because the social worker will take you through a very – Emotional and intensive process in screening, assessing, and preparing you for the
3: adoption.
1: So, you must be comfortable with who you're working with. And uh, sometimes it takes a couple of calls to find the the, the fit for you. Um, The organization or the individual social worker will then explain their processes, um, and it all starts with the screening. Now, the screening really is to make an assessment about the individual or the couple or family who are adopting. And it sounds uh, quite unfair for somebody to make an assessment about whether you can have a child through adoption or not. But it is the social worker's responsibility to ensure that we are placing children in the best possible situation. Now, there isn't such a thing as a best family or an ideal family. Every family has its own issues and nuances. But uh, we have to assess whether these children, uh, whether this family will cope with an adoption. You don't have to be particularly wealthy. You you know, we can't discriminate with you on those issues. We can't discriminate whether you're single, you're married, you're in the same sex, and even Whether you live with somebody, those are all permissible in terms of the law. What we have to assess through the screening and take you through is, is this the right decision for you? Because adoption comes with its own uh, issues. And can you deal with it? And is this what you expected? And will you be able to deal with a child who has issues? Or do you choose to adopt a child who has some medical problems? Uh, do you want a boy? Do you want a girl? Do you do you want a child that looks like you? And these sound like peculiar questions, but they really are important. And you have to think about that. Um, you know, adopting transracially might be fine for the particular couple, but what about the extended family? Is this child going to fit into that family? Is this child going to feel? Um, uh, uh, that he doesn't, he or she doesn't really, isn't really accepted. So these are the things we discuss with you and we talk to you about. And we ask you to think about it In while we're doing the assessment. We also do home visits, we interview, um, we do a marital assessment, psychological assessment, a medical assessment, all again to see if we can Put the child into the best possible situation. Now, what if, you know, there's lots of paperwork. You have to, as I said, medicals, financial records, police clearances, sexual offenses, etc. And those, again, are are checks and balances. Checks and balances because I, as a social worker, can't make this decision on my own. Can you imagine Africa making that decision all alone? It's a very onerous decision. And I want to know that the psychologist hasn't picked up issues or that you're medically fit, et cetera. So that's that's part of it. It is also important to go through what we call a preparation group. It's an education and preparation group where we then put uh, a few people together who are going to adopt and you get in a birth mother to talk, who's given up a child. We have a past adopter, we sometimes have an adopted child. who can come and tell you what their experience has been and you can ask questions and then the group takes you through a process of thinking about all the decisions and the impact that this will have on your life. Um, And We are, of course, assessing throughout this process. Um, If we should find that there is, for instance, issue, we would refer you for counselling. If there is, let's say we pick up, there is a person with a criminal record. It would depend, you know, is it uh, um, that it happened in the, you know, I've sometimes had people who were arrested when they were 18 uh, and, you know, they stole their mother's car and it turned into a business. What's happened since then? If, you're, if you've if arrested for any sexual offences, that would be quite difficult for us. So we'll assess all of that. Um, and, of course, remember, we're not making the decision alone. We also have to go through the process of getting the everything uh, checked by the Department of Social dividend and then of course the court makes the final decision so we are the people putting forward to these to the court the recommendation that a particular child is adopted by a particular person um so again there are lots of checks and balances and it is a yeah you know, people always say but why does it take so long well you know, It's a a complex process. And this is, as I said earlier, it's a life-changing decision. And we want to be sure. Yeah. We want to be sure as possible
0: sorry so I was saying that it certainly is a very complex and complicated decision and as you say you want to be sure that the uh, right pairing of parent and uh, child obviously happens Uh, the report you prepare for the children's court then is sent to the department of social development so that they can check if the correct procedure was followed and to record of course both your and your child's details as well to your calls now on 011-883-0702 Jenny you've called in from good morning Good afternoon, rather.
4: Hi. Yeah, so, um, Sue, I don't know whether you'll remember me and my husband, Ian. Uh, we adopted Benjamin in 1992. I think we were one of the first cross-racial adoptions uh, at that time. Uh, and you helped us fantastically. And he's now 41 years old. And uh, and it's a great success story. I'm
1: sorry? You're making me feel very old. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're all very old.
0: <laughs> so,
3: uh, out of, of interest, you Jenny. Remember.
0: Yeah. Let, let, let me ask this question. In 1992, yes, the dawn of democracy was uh, literally visible and we were seeing it, but I imagine it would have been a very difficult decision for you to make uh, to adopt uh, across racial lines. What, what made you make that decision and what were some of the earlier challenges that you you, you experienced, both you and your husband, in, in bringing up your 41-year-old Benjamin now?
4: So I think that, uh, well, first of all, um, he was an abandoned child and we found him on our farm in Michalisburg. And so we actually, even though we were not allowed to, we had him from when he was six months old. Uh, But he lived with us and we put him through school. And at that time, obviously, uh, black children couldn't go to Model C school, so he went to a private school. Um, But we were tracking what was happening. So the very moment we knew that, things were going to change in this country, we approached Sue um, about you know, moving ahead with an adoption. So he was 11 at the time that we adopted him, uh, but we had had him since he was six months old. In the interim, we had had a daughter and then another son. And I would say that the... I think one of the biggest challenges was, and I'm a bit hoarse because we had a fire on our farm on Sunday, and I'm we sorry were to hear that. fires. So it's been a bit of a hectic week. But um, I would say that in those days there wasn't kind of a supportive network. So when we did have the few odd challenges that we had, you know, there wasn't an ideal go-to place that could help you to deal with the issues. I think now to I'm sure that the the infrastructure and the support network is probably much more developed. No doubt.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, it's an interesting thing that because adoptive parents themselves like to talk to other adoptive parents and support groups are really the way to go. And there are some in existence and, uh, yeah, I think that um, we need to encourage people to to use these groups, and of course, the internet is now a big source of of uh, information, not always uh, helpful. But there are lots of of, of uh, you know, I'm I'm not in your shoes, and to talk to somebody who's in your shoes is always the best form of support. I think South Africa could do better in structuring. Um, services for adoptees, uh, post-adoption, etc. Our, our counterparts in the, in America are very good at this. But there are lots of informal systems available.
0: All right. And we'll explore in a moment how South Africa could do better. Jenny, thank you very much for your call. Let's take a quick uh, voice note, and we, we have a few of those that we'll go through uh, in the next half an hour. And, of course, your calls is always welcome on 11 883
4: Africa, it's sad that your mindset, much like many other people's mindset in South Africa around adoption is so skewed that people believe children are being adopted because you cannot have biological children. I am part of a very large adoption network and most people who adopt adopt because it's their first choice, it's their option, because they don't want to add to overpopulation in this world. Instead of just adding to the world, they actually want to make a difference. And that is a viewpoint you and many other South Africans need to see and embrace.
0: Ironically, I've fallen squarely into that uh, pool of people who, if I decide to have a child in the future, I will adopt. I The last time I checked, I'm very healthy and would be able to um, effectively contribute to a conception of a child. But my choice would be to adopt for exactly that reason. But Sue, there is merit to that point, right? That we often view adoption as something that is done by people who can't have their own children, as opposed to people who are making this as their first option. Yes, I think that, you know,
1: I think in the old days, it was people who couldn't have children. And, um, and that was the way it, it was, there wasn't a demand From other people But people are becoming much more conscious Of the world around them and we do find More and more people coming forward Because they want to make A difference, they want to make a Contribution, however There are still lots of children who Cannot, lots of people who cannot Have children and that We've seen an increase in um, I mean I've been doing this for over 30 years and there certainly are many people who can't have children. But thankfully, there is there is a growing element of, of people wanting to make a difference and who who don't even think about having a biological child and continue on the adoption path. And all yeah. of those people will make good parents. You know, as long as your, your motivation is sound, uh, both groups of those people are very good adopters.
0: My guest, this Masterclass on Adoption in South Africa, is Sue Kravitz, a Director of Imbilo Child Protection and Adoption Services. And as you heard, she's been doing this for more than 30 years now. If you have any questions about the process of adopting, we welcome your calls on 011-883-0702. We continue with our masterclass. It's on adoption in South Africa. Our guest is Sue Kravitz, who is the director of the Mbilo Child Protection and Adoption Services. And Sue, you now have a question from Peter in Sunnyhill. Peter, a very good afternoon to you.
2: Yes, uh, afternoon I have a Just a little bit of experience of, of trying to adopt uh, a foreign national. I was married to a Thai lady for a while, and um, we went to Thailand and um, Basically, uh, we went to get her a child, and he stayed with us for a couple of years. And I had foster care through the Randburg Child Court. And then the marriage fell apart. Uh, my wife left us and left the child with me. Um, and then it took me almost five years to get the child adopted. Um, at one stage, the child magistrate said that if I went to a, a, a social worker and filled in various forms, got a police clearance. Um, I, we would not have to go back. But By the time this was all done, um, that uh, child magistrate had moved on and uh, the one that took her place said that this child is not um, not adoptable. The Department of Social Development didn't want to hear were not interested in my, my cases. And only after I approached the High Court, um, many hundreds of thousands of rands later, just before the child got to 18 and would have fallen outside the child child law, I eventually got uh, adoption. She's now 22. and uh, quite happy. That, is
0: that sounds... Difficult. I was about to say, it's a very difficult and very frustrating process, Peter. Thankfully it's had a, a positive outcome. Um, Sue, so it, it does though highlight the challenges that I imagine many South Africans will have in trying to adopt a child who is not a South African.
1: Yes, um, you know, it's not only about children who are not South African, it's also about adopters who are not South African. Um, so let me start with the part about adopters. In order to adopt in South Africa, you have to be a South African citizen or a permanent resident. Now, um. While we understand why that's in place, because we don't want people coming here for you taking a child and then leaving, and shortcutting the inter-country process, which has extra checks and balances, um, quite rightly so, because we're now moving children across borders. But foreign children um, uh, is complicated in that, uh, that's a citizen of another country. Um, the department would want to know that the child doesn't have other family, um, but you have to always look at the best interests of the child. And I can imagine the, uh, Peter being in, in a situation where he didn't quite get the answers he wanted uh, because these are complex cases. And they require specialist knowledge even in adoption um, and uh, South Africa is a signatory to The Hague on inter-country adoption and that that can be helpful as well because that will give you protections the chart for the child and also guidelines on how to do things but it's particularly
0: complicated. It is indeed. Uh, thank you very much, Peter, for your call. More of those on 11 Here's another voice note sent to 72
1: In Africa, my question is um, how come the adoption procedure is much um, simpler, it made easier for somebody coming from overseas to adopt a child here in South Africa, but for somebody who living, who's living in South Africa, you actually pay an arm and a leg, and sometimes you even end up not even getting the child. And the organizations um, always complain that children are not being adopted, but they make the procedure so impossible for us living in South Africa who would love to adopt a bundle of joy.
0: It's somewhat related there, Sue. Your response to that question?
1: Well, I want to say, first of all, it's not simpler and easier to come from another country and adopt. It is very complex and very lengthy. And we only deal with children, generally speaking, who have specific needs and cannot be adopted by South Africans. So it's, it's a whole field on its own, intercountry country adoptions. But to say that you know we don't, we make it difficult for people in South Africa. I don't think we make it difficult. We're following the law, we're following procedures, uh, we're looking out for the best interests. And again, as we mentioned earlier, Africa it is complex. It is difficult. Uh, we we're not going to simply be handing out children, but we do see people. The costs issue has often been thrown up as a, as a, you know, we can't afford it, etc. Now, over the last, I would say, at least five years, there's been a complete change in that, in that, first of all, child protection organizations have sliding scales, and at times there are no fees. By organization, we often have clients who can't pay any fees at all. Um, and the fees are not there to make money We are a non-profit They're there to cover costs Adoption is a long and complex And costly If you think of the man hours involved from, On each case For the, for the social workers um, So that's You know And there are some external costs Like uh, medicals and, and psychologists But we assist people to find a way to to, to deal with that. And we wouldn't turn you away because you can't afford it. We would rather look for a way to assist you through that process. Uh, I think people get discouraged, though, when they're told how complicated it is and may then just walk away and say, we're making it too difficult. We aren't. We're doing our jobs.
0: I suppose there is the general perception that a Madonna, for example, can go to a country like Malawi uh, to go and adopt a kid, and that's seen to be a lot easier and um, uh, efficient process than it is for other people who are trying uh, to do so. Maybe that 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 could be contributing to some of the confusion I, pertaining I can to understand that.
1: that. I can understand that perception, but certainly with South Africa, you can't just arrive here and say... Um, Somebody famous, and I want a child. We have, from the very beginning of doing intercountry, had very good uh, practice and good guidelines and followed the Hague Treaty.
2: Hi, I All have right. a question. two.
0: Masterclass. Uh, Nomalanga in Zagane, you have a question for our guest, Sue Kravitz, who's with the Mbilo Child Protection and Adoption Services. Go ahead. Good afternoon.
3: Good afternoon, Africa. Thank you so much for taking my call. I actually think she's answered my question. I wanted to find out how much the whole uh, process costs, the whole adoption process, including lawyers and social workers.
0: I'm going to get to to answer that question in a moment for you, Nomalanga. Are you considering adoption?
3: Yes, I am.
0: All right. Uh, do, do you, do you, I mean, it's, a, it's, it's an inappropriate question, but I'll ask anyway. Do you want a boy? Do you want a girl? How old do you want them to be? And all of those kind of questions. Yes,
3: uh, around six, seven years old. Boy or girl, that's fine.
0: And will this be your first child?
3: No, I do have grown-up children.
0: So what's made you decide that you want to adopt as well?
3: I think it's the whole thing of all these children that are full of everywhere that cannot be taken. You know, there's 23,000 children that fell pregnant this year alone from last year and this year. Some of those children might need homes.
0: That is so true, in fact. I mean, th- those are 23 children who are generally younger than 16, some of them as Yay. young as 10 years old who've given birth and they might, um, g- you know, go into a-, a cycle of poverty in their households if that is the case. malang, I think it's a wonderful thing that you want to do. Uh, Sue, so, uh, what is the cost for lawyers, for social workers, for your specialist services, for example, um, for the process of adopting a child?
1: Okay, so before I answer that, I want to say that you don't need a lawyer for an adoption unless it's a particularly complicated adoption, perhaps where it's contested by if it's a stepfather adoption and the mother's contesting it or something like that. So generally speaking, you don't need a lawyer. You need an accredited social worker in adoption. Um now the 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 costs vary depending on where you are. Um I didn't ask the caller didn't say where she was from. But as uh, I said to you sorry? I,
0: I was going to say uh Nomalanga, what would be the nearest biggest city I suppose to where you live?
3: Springs, Pinoni,
0: one of those three. Okay. Uh so
1: Okay, well, we actually have an office in Benoni in Ikurileni. But so she would need to approach, she could approach us with pleasure, and we would do an assessment with her of the cost. Now, as I said to you, there are many people who adopt who don't pay very much, maybe uh, three or four thousand rand or 250 rand, and then it could go up to 18,000 rand. Now, I think. Each person needs to be assessed based on their income and their particular situation. Now, it sounds like you are a single person adopting and that would also be taken into account. So we're not going to chase you away because you can't afford our fees. We'll sit down and we'll work out if you can contribute and what you can contribute to. There are some things we can't subsidise, for instance, police clearances. Uh, and medicals that we can't subsidize but we can use you can use clinics etc but certainly for the social workers fees from child protection organizations they are very much um we certainly are open to discussing it but there is also the avenue of the department of social development you don't charge any fees so you could approach them in your community as well
0: Uh, Nomalanga, I think it's a a noble, noble thing to do and I wish more South Africans who are in a position to adopt children uh, would do so because there are just far too many kids who are living without the care and the nutrition that they need. Uh, Thanks for your call, Nomalanga. Let's finish off with the final uh, WhatsApp uh, voice note uh, of the afternoon.
2: Hi, I have a question. Um, My wife and I have been married for two years. She has three children um, from a previous partner the eldest child is from a different partner so i want to adopt the eldest child she is now 11 i am 51 um would that be an issue um, so i'm just very interested to know what the process would be and how we would go about it uh Cade from benoni
0: Okay, thank you very much for that. Uh, I imagine that question props up, Sue, because you had uh, um, oh, ma- uh, sort of mentioned an age band a little bit earlier as to what is the appropriate okay. age. He is married, so,
1: so uh, the child
0: he, is a stepchild, so it, therefore would that, would that be a factor at all? So
1: the, the age probably wouldn't be a factor there, um, but what would be a factor is the biological fathers of these children. Do they consent? Do they agree to it? And uh, the best way to find out is to contact an accredited aid organisation and get some information about uh, what is needed, because fathers have to give consent, just like mothers have to give consent, uh, if he's known and if he's around and if he's still alive, and all of that has to be investigated. But on the face value of what he said, we certainly could um, assist him in, in, in looking at, at if an adoption is possible. We can't guarantee it is, but we can assist in looking at
0: it. And on, on that note, let me say thank you very much uh, to you, Sue, for spending the last hour with us. Uh, this entire conversation, of course, will be available on podcast if you are thinking of adopting a child. Sue Kravitz is the Director oh. of Imbilo Child Protection and Adoption Services.